Welcome and you're listening to Geekologist Radio 2.0, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Welcome and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, and I probably sound like I'm yelling because I'm the one that's right in front of the mic, but we got four of us here today. We're actually all down in the little mini studio of Nick. Nick, what's going on, man? Not much. How you doing, buddy? We have two other people with us. Yeah, we all happen to be family. So if you sound, hear someone else that sounds a little bit further away, but they sound like me, that's because my little brother is here. Hi. Louder! Hi, this is Jake. And we have the, the senior citizen now of the bunch. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that would be Papa Jiju, Hello. a.k.a. Chris. That'd be my dad, or also Nick's father-in-law. We actually just got back. This is going to be a special episode, guys. It's all about Ready Player One. We just got back from the theater seeing this in what's called D-Box seating. It basically, if you've ever been to Disneyland and you've gone on the Star War- Star Tours ride, think about going and seeing a full feature-length film in that kind of seating. You Now, you can adjust your level of... Sensitivity. Yeah, and all of us very quickly were latching hold of our popcorn because the guys instantly put ours all the way up to like the highest setting. I did. I couldn't one time, I couldn't drink my coffee because I was like shaking. I was like, wait a minute, I just put it back in the cup holder and put my hand on top because I was like, I don't want to spill my coffee here. And that was during... Probably one of the beginning scenes. During during one of the beginning scenes, there's a, a racing going on. You've seen it in the previews. I accidentally lost some popcorn on the person in front of me. I saw it on your seat when I got up, too. Yeah. It looked like you were pooping here. out popcorn. Yeah. It, it kind of went a little popcorn. over the, the front of them. They were not too happy, but, you know, I apologize. This movie is, right now, it, it's slated to outdo... Indiana Jones, correct? Oh, yeah, his Steven Spielberg's last movie is slated to make more money this Easter weekend. Now, mind you, that's four days instead of, I think, Indiana Jones was just a three-day release. Mm-hmm. Not sure, but it's slated to make about $50 million, made $12 million yesterday, and we'll see how much it makes today, tomorrow. Now, just to explain a little bit more about this seating that we went into, it allows you basically, your, your it, it, it's like full immersion. You are rocking, like when you're going around a corner, you're tilted to the corner so much so that when you're there doing little things in a movie where you're you would pay attention, but it's a cinematography stuff where either it's crane work or now a lot of times drone work when they're taken in and going over a scene and you're kind of looking down, your seat would move and so you would feel as if you were basically in the director's seat. Thing that that a few of us were complaining about though now, I mean, we talk about this as being gamers and whatnot, is uh, sweaty ass syndrome or swamp ass. <laughs> <laughs> and the now I don't know if it's maybe because we had it on the high setting, maybe it was like the motors were warming up or something. But uh, I'll tell you what, when I got up, I, I was checking to make sure it didn't look like I left like a sweat stain or something. The the movement of the seats and it's like almost like a massage chair. My fourteen year old son wanted to just massage him the whole time instead of rocking back and forth. He was like, "Why can't we just be massaged the whole time we're watching the movie?" And I'm like, "Okay, what do you want here, man? Tickets are expensive. What more do you want?" But yeah, it warmed up the back to a point where I had to take my sweatshirt off. And at one point, I took my hat off because like. I took my hat off, yeah. My brow is getting a little hot here. And there's one thing, there wasn't a lot of people in the movie, so I was there was air in there, but it was uh, uh, those seats just got really warm. 
And do not drink a full, large soda during a movie, because if you have to pee, <laughs> that movie drives you so much, you almost wet yourself. <laughs> you, you had you had an issue there, didn't you, Dad? With uh... Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes were starting to change color. I thought, like, you had, like... Oh, I didn't you think I was going to see the end of the movie. Well, I was getting banged around. <laughs> <laughs> I was banging him around like a roller coaster, and his bladder was getting heavy as every time he took a hit. He, tur- he turned and looked at us, and he had yellow eyes. We're like, oh, wow, he's really getting into character with this movie. <laughs> The pee had made it all the way up to his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) So this movie basically is, so if you go back and you look at Roger Rabbit, and if you were kind of at an age where that was our generation, but then it also, but a lot of the people who saw that were like our parents who saw it, that kind of resonated with them as being filmed for their generation of all these characters that they grew up with. And so if you were to take that and state that Ready Player One is kind of like, is more that for us and... I it definitely had more Easter eggs in it than I think Roger Rabbit for for one. I mean, there was so many like I you know we got movies like Wreck It Ralph and stuff like that that have a lot of licensed content in it. Yeah, but this was just unreal. Like I mean, at Jurassic Park, King Kong, the list just goes on. Like Iron Giant, Battle Toads, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Halo, Overwatch, just different characters that we see in in the movie. But Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, Mega Godzilla, uh, Gundam. But what I did notice is that a lot of DC characters, but did you notice any Marvel characters? No Marvel characters. Okay, so I wasn't sure if I was wrong there, but I didn't see a single one. A lot of Batman references, a ton of Batman references. The old school Batman car from the 70s TV show, Batman climbing Mount Everest. Then yeah, I saw Iron Batman, 2049 Batman suit. Yep. And he's coming up. Uh, Harley Quinn saw the back of Catwoman. multiple. You saw multiple Harley Quinns. Yeah, like you yeah. saw different variations of. You saw Harley Quinn from the uh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. You also saw the Joker from Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh yeah, yeah. You did. Dancing with another very Harley Quinn. You saw the one Quinn. with the version of Jack Nicholson with the hat. Yep. And he had the big hat and the. There was the also scar. Harley Quinn from. Uh, is it God's not God's among us? It's uh, the the fighting game, the DC fighting yeah, game. Yeah, DC fighting game, DC universe. There's there's a, a ton a. a ton of stuff in there that was just like i mean some some of the stuff you had to like this is like a movie for you got we got a podcast it's called geekologist radio you're listening to it you know this honestly is like a film for all of us out there that like to geek out in fact i'm pretty sure if we lived in this environment we would have been part of that think tank group or io the think tank group was great i love those guys and even at the end of the movie not to spoil anything ahead of time but the overall they were rooting for the overall story because it was the beat of game and they were rooting for it doesn't matter what side they were on somebody was going to beat something that nobody's ever beat before and they were rooting for now a lot of the games that they that they were referencing i mean they, they reference that if you're a gamer this goes all over the place for you because there's games that i know that my brother and i were introduced to by my father like there's games in there that they were referencing that i've seen you play that were on the in television and it's just little 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 like adventure and pitfall and all those things the things that yeah. i remember you playing with i mean battle the 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 tanks i mean if we wouldn't have my brother and i wouldn't have got into gaming if it wasn't for my father who thought it was cute to put a controller in my hand when i was like two years old <laughs> and then i started playing all of a sudden i started what figuring out how created? to play, play tron <laughs> this is a very neat experience because you know it was introduced to by my father and so i mean it was cool to see that that aspect of it there was stuff that you know was from our generation that we got to play but then what was also cool is we went there that jeff barry from geekologist radio he wasn't able to be on tonight but he is getting ready to get his equipment ready he'll start being back on the podcast here soon so we did see that with with him but we also got to see it with uh two of my nephews two of 
your kids, Nick? What was their overall view of? There was references to things that I mean, there's references to Fortnite. There's references yeah. to over, obviously Overwatch. These are games that are made by developers that we you know have grown up with, but are really resonating with a lot of the children, our, our children. I, I think the opening scene where you kind of fly through the oasis in the very very beginning they start building a minecraft world and i can see my 10 year old he and uh i know we all play minecraft right? oh yeah i can see my 10 year old kind of light up and my fortune of like oh look and he's like that's minecraft but i'm an 80s kid so in 80s horror stuff my all my kids watch and they like horror movies a lot of the stuff was chucky jason and freddy every time oh, they, yeah. every time those three pop on the screen i could hear those two go oh look, look you know who it is you know and get the gold coins out of them. yeah they like that hello kitty was very at the very beginning and my actually my 10 year old i heard him pop that out and i didn't notice it because i'm you know i i saw it walk through the i don't i am still don't want to talk about hello kitty <laughs> it was only really quick though i i it understand that but i out. was just my mech was destroyed by a hello oh, yeah. kitty <laughs> yeah that's so, right <laughs> hello kitty ruined your night <laughs> it did ruin my night so yeah hello kitty is a sore subject for me learning stuff about you guys because i didn't grow up with you guys one of the biggest games in your guys's household was goldeneye Yes. So yes, in the movie, like... they do reference Holiday's favorite game is playing Goldeneye. And Chris and... used to play Goldeneye on 64. And what was the rule that your character you could not play with? Odd job. And who did Holiday love to play with? Odd job. He's a cheater. <laughs> yeah, Holiday well, it's also. And he's a cheater. Also, was the character that my dad played as mostly. Every time. Every time. Oh, he you, picked... you got to play Odd Job. That was his character. That was the, it was the short guy that with we could do with the top, hat. The top, the top hat. hat. He threw the top hat in the, the James Bond movie. Oh, okay. That was your favorite yeah. character play. Yeah, you played played. all the time? Yeah, yes. you played as him because we couldn't, we'd have a hard time hitting you. Because <laughs> you were short, and in, in 64, you kind of just shot over the guy's head, and he saw with... his top hat. Yeah, he just throw his top hat. <laughs> yeah, you just, you'd have to use like remote remote mines and stuff like that. To, remote mines yeah, or mines. Proxi- proximity mines. Excuse me, yeah. proximity mines were the things that we had to use to try to defend ourselves from him. And I mean, it's just seeing stuff like that because the other thing was that they bring in Halo and Halo was another thing that was near and dear in our household like we we played that all the time uh we we were very much putting on goggles and jumping off and trying to live in this world but every holiday every single holiday it was let's get done rush open presents do whatever we got to do get done with the meals and let's get to the let's get to the arena and our arena was we would do land parties we would set up these Xboxes and run these these cables and everything literally have a land party at my grandma's house who was the home base and we would do that from the holiday all the way through the night so everybody's got their own xbox and then multiple people on each console and it was grandma was making pizza pizza, and lots of pizza pizza, lots of soda and just i mean multiple generations were sitting there playing this game so that was fun fun. all night we played for all night yeah and look at the clock you wouldn't believe how many hours have gone by (laughs) multiple times from you gaming i know it wasn't part of your land parties but when you're you're gaming the next thing you know is four in the morning yeah this is what encompasses this world ready player one is is i mean it addresses and shows us world where basically overpopulation is a major thing to the point that they're building in something that you know actually is the style of uh, housing a lot of times in like places like japan and stuff where they do these kind of stacks where it's all uh micro homes stacked on on each other almost like containers like ship yeah containers. like ship containers and that is basically what the the stacks as this one place in ohio is called and that's where this takes place most of the movie takes place in ohio slash the oasis by the way the stacks are poorly built when yes. you look at it it looks like they just got stacked on top. They're not even square. They're kind of jig-jag, yeah. star-shaped across the top of each other. This one has a little bit of scaffolding holding up, a string over here with a safety clip holding the side up. They could have did a better job building <laughs> <laughs> This is kind of like your, I guess you'd say your projects. Correct, yeah. 
Mr. Compton of Ohio. It was, and they're talking about how it's the fastest growing location. That's why people are trying to get whatever real estate they can. But it wasn't always about the real estate. You only need a place where you basically passed out for because really nobody lived in the real world. It's like they did whatever they had to do to make money, made money because they could purchase digital stuff and it was shipped to their house. Which was a surprise to me when he bought something. I won't give it away yet. He showed up to his house and they're like, real world purchase. Whoa, okay, that's kind of cool. All right, do work that way in real life. Well, they do. There, there are some that do. There's apps out there. Pizza Hut has an app on the Xbox. You order a pizza through your Xbox and it shows up at your house while you're still playing your game. Like you literally just, you bring it up on the side of your screen, couple button clicks and there you've got a pizza on the way. I think Pizza Hut taps into everything though. I think they're on Alexa, Google, uh, everything. Pizza Hut wants you to buy pizzas easier, different ways as possible. Well, yeah, because if you're streaming, if you're on yeah. like a streaming binge and everything, you don't want to take a step away from what you're doing or you're playing a game. It's easy. The fact is, is that the world is kind of going this route. Uh, PlayStation has their VR. Xbox has not come out with a VR per Oculus. se yet, but Oculus is going to be compatible with the Xbox One X yeah. and they are going to be releasing stuff here. I'm guessing this E3 is where we're going to see it. So, I mean, there's a lot different ways out there for you to get into stuff and one of the things uh, that was actually kind of crazy for Ready Player One is that they actually did an event down in California where it was the Ready Player One experience and they actually built the stacks uh, a section better people were crawling around in them and they're doing interviews in them and whatnot. So every video game that you see that's played in Ready Player One was actually designed for some way for VR options. So uh, the Doom World had a game out for it and stuff. And you were there, so people were able to go there and kind of put on the VR and, and experience it. A lot of these games you can actually get on your phone. So if you have like your, you have like, like a VR headset and a controller, you can play variations of the stuff that you saw in the, the movie. What I found very interesting about this is that, I mean, it's, it is, Mert, because it takes place in the video game world, a lot of it is animated. A lot of CG. Yeah. It wasn't a time when I'm watching this and that I felt like I was watching something animated. It felt... It's it... kind of like The Matrix, but I mean, I guess they were human on both sides and Keanu Reeves is playing himself on both sides of The Matrix. But in this, you, you felt Wade. You felt Wade. You felt H. You felt these players after you met them. You felt in the CG world, basically. But God, that movie had to have been... 60, 65% CG. Yeah. Probably. At least. At least, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. Seeing the world the way it was, like, oh man, everybody's connected. And that, and then I start thinking about the fact of us with our phones. It does make you think, and I know that the book also makes you think about the world that we are in and where we are going. And I know Black Mirror has done episodes that have kind of made you think about things very similar with social media and stuff like that and get growing for likes and all that. But it's that, yeah, we are a lot of times always on our phone and that's very similar to what the Oasis is. The Oasis is basically online. It is the internet. When I saw this stuff, uh, it may have been just the nostalgia in me, but I wanted that game. Like I wanted to be in the Oasis and be able to go play that stuff. Like, like you know, I, I'm fine. I'll get good at, I'm not going to purchase a bunch of extra bonus things because the one thing about the Oasis is if you die, it doesn't matter what game you're in. If you die, you start over as your base avatar, lose everything. And we had a player die in the movie that has been playing for a very long time. And when he died, that stack of stuff that kind of built up over his body, that cracked me up. He's like, I'm not going out like this. Just to show you how long people actually live, you know, in the Oasis or how much time they spent in the Oasis. And as you were saying, uh, Damien, is that people in this world spent, at one point where she or main character Wade, and they even said that, well, he hasn't left his house in three days. And, and the little line, I was like, oh, it really wasn't a timeline of how many mm-hmm. days this was taking place. And so we didn't know. And he said he hasn't left his house in three days. So he was in the Oasis for three days. Who knows? 
knows if he slept, who knows what. These people in this world were living in, you know, digital reality. But the thing about it, though, as long as they're getting sustenance, the, the guy in the world, they have these these pads that they're walking on so they're actually getting exercise that's that's the one thing is yeah is they're getting so, something yeah. that that we don't that i don't get when i'm playing video games <laughs> um if i if i was playing a game where i'm running around stuff like that man i'm telling you you'd have a lot of ripped gamers could you imagine anything like that like being able to run around and do that type of stuff <laughs> chris says no He's shaking his head. But it was it was also the treadmill that they ran on was omnidirectional. Omnidirectional, so it would switch with you. Now we see in this movie that you can basically go into the oasis in several different variances in the world. We see them join the oasis, all different types of locations, areas, moving vehicles. So when you're set at home and you have your home set up like Wade did, that treadmill was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And he only had it set up in the back of like in, it was a, basically a junkyard, and he had it set up in the back of the van. Very expensive gear too and the first thing i thought was does he lock that van because somebody could steal all his stuff i was worried about the world world wait there <laughs> when you're going through this thing there was multiple versions also of uh laura croft where multiple versions of her were in it the original yeah. all stuff. you know there is something though i, I kind of wish there was an easter egg in it and you know that i know that this was filmed before this was a big thing but i would have liked to have seen a uganda knuckles just in you you know in there okay. from uh you don't know the way so i mean <laughs> something like that would have would have been a little bit funny maybe maybe we'll get it in an extras or something like that when the movie comes on dvd no no end credit scenes either by the way yeah i got fooled by uh i made everybody sit in the movie theater and wait a couple extra minutes i'm like no no i see it on my phone there's one thing no there is not oh god this movie there's so much to try to break down and try to talk about the well well, we can start with what holiday does holiday is the creator of the oasis along with i didn't know simon Pegg was in the movie Near did I. Yeah, so that was a big surprise to me. He wasn't a big part of the movie, but he was integrated into the movie as a big part, and you didn't know he was a part of it in the Oasis, I mean. Yeah, like, I was going to say, yeah. he's a bigger part than you realize. Because at the, at the, yeah. at, eventually, you find out he is bigger than, than you realize, and not yeah. to give anything away. Yeah, no spoilers. Uh, but yeah, Simon Pegg being in it as partner of Holiday, who created the Oasis. But Holiday says in all these, Holiday's life has been recorded since he was a child and saved on hard drive or the cloud and it's uploaded into this holiday library and this library is giving everybody that's a gunter which is somebody that's chasing the easter egg it's giving them a place to go to to find and pick his brain without him being alive anymore there all his favorite movies are there his get favorite games books and also his personal memories that you walk down these big corridor hallways and each little glass, like almost like you're in a museum or, or a zoo and you see a tiger, you look to the right and there's a, a memory from, you know, and him building the game this year or him as a child playing Atari. <laughs> Reason for that museum is that when he built the Oasis and he when he passed away, this museum opened up so people could go in and pick his brain to try to figure out this Easter egg hunt. Which is, they're trying to find three keys. Well, and the three key, key, the crystal key, and the uh, ice key. Yeah. And these keys open up. Basically, I mean, it's kind of like if you become legend uh, pirate in... Uh, sea of thieves you get you get something that opens up a gateway well that's kind of what this is it's it's a hunt to but it's a bigger thing than that because the oasis is basically the largest money-making platform in the world and it's the biggest so industry now in this timeline 2045 we're in 2045 yeah. now yeah and our our character wade what uh wade watts is born in 2027 yeah 2027 and so now it's 2045 so he's 18 years old yeah the winner of this gets control 
of the Oasis. So they get to choose, does the Oasis stay online? Does it get taken offline? Do they get to use it to put up a whole bunch of pop-up ads? They have to tell you, hey, a human can take this many pop-ups and we'll get this much more sales off these items before they have a stroke. Also, my microtransactions are kind of brought up to a little bit where uh, somebody brings up like a gold, platinum, silver. Uh, you know, if you purchase this, you get this in Oasis, almost kind of like microtransactions, which Holiday shuts down and says, Thanks for the coffee, basically. Like, yeah. See you later, buddy. You know, that's not what something I want to do. And they're accruing the in-game coin, which also can be purchased for outside coin. coin. It, I mean, it was there was a lot of references that were to the anti. Uh, this is why you don't buy to pay to win because there were pay to win objects in there. And I'm like, first thing I'm thinking is like, hey, EA, are you IOI? Yeah, that's a good point because our hero here in this movie chooses not to pay to play i mean he gets gold but he gets gold earning it yeah and uh you know his buddy h gets gold earning it he's like or creating stuff he gets gold earning it but yeah he there is a lot of uh little uh easter egg hints there to ea and <laughs> star wars battlefront 2 <laughs> so much and what's interesting with that is is you can say star wars battlefront 2 the big bad in this actually is from star wars rogue yes. rogue one yes yeah and what an uptick of a career this guy's having right now ben Mendelsohn, who was in who was the baddie in rogue one which i really liked him man yeah but then uh, as we looked him up he's in the new captain marvel movie and he's in the new robin hood uh sheriff of nottingham movie but what an uptick, because I started looking at some of his other movies that he'd been into. Not a lot of things that are well-known. The next five, six movies he's been into, they're all blockbuster movies. He did a good job as a villain in this, and yeah. I'm now I'm kind of curious what he would be like if he's a good guy. Like, but he's got a... So far, we've only seen him as a villain, so as Captain Marvel, is he going to be the, the villain side of things? I don't know. I don't Because I looked up what he'd be in Captain Marvel, and they actually haven't gave him his name yet. Okay. So we're not really sure what his character is playing, or, you know... What is he the sheriff in Nottingham and Robin Hood? He would be a great sheriff. He, though, he would, yeah, yeah. He, he's definitely not Robin Hood. No, no, there's no way. Uh, another, you don't ever see him as himself in this film, but uh, the, you hear the voice and you can't miss it. T.J. Miller is is in this, and as soon as you hear him, like everybody's like, you hear the whole theater kind of laugh because you know they, they know who T.J. Miller is. You know, if you've watched watch hbo's uh silicon valley. silicon valley if you've watched deadpool <laughs> deadpool or yogi he's the the voice in yogi bear oh, I, see, I didn't know that he plays a character named irock which is a pretty it has, it has a kind of a skeletor vibe yeah that's what i first thing i thought it was he-man when i saw him the skeletor vibe and uh what was the castle as a toy castle grayskull grayskull yeah that's what I, that's what it reminded me of. Grace. You actually see He Man running at one point in this. You see, he's right behind. He's right behind the battle toads. And you see all three battle toads. What I liked about about that is this, you saw that. And it's like you're you can see this movie. You could probably go see this movie five ten times, and still you're gonna pick up different things each time you see it. I mean, I lost track how many times I've seen Bright, and I still pick up little nuances that are di- that I'd missed each time. This one, I'm gonna be like, I'll, I'll be scanning this. I'm about to watch this thing in slow motion or wait for the 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 actual actors to do their thing where they point out hey did you see this hey did you see this or the director the director directors that do it yeah blu-ray special cuts or you know something like that one thing about this movie that when you're in the oasis that i really kind of fell in love with and we talked about it when we talked about the trailer probably what a month ago now i can't remember but we talked about the gold coins when you kill something and you you receive the gold coins you see that they these gold coins are needed for for different things all, all the way down to your gas tank you need gas or pull up your 
your digital items and you're looking, you're out, you're out, you're out, you're out. You're like, oh, I need to, you know, get more bullets here. I love the part where the DeLorean is flying down the street and he's collecting gold coins when he's making moves or doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. The way we saw it, it, honestly, it did feel like a ride. I'm happy to see Steven Spielberg back at something. Like, he does really great sci-fi. He does, I mean, he does great films in general. But, you know, there's still one out that stands out there that even though I enjoyed, it still hits me as, uh, which was Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. But, but the fact is, is, you can hear the silence around here that, you know, they, what did, what did you think of Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? I mean, I liked it. But in comparison, like, did you feel it was kind of, kind of funny that they went with the alien? That was, yeah, that was different. <laughs> okay, that's I didn't what, feel like Indiana Jones. No. That's, didn't have the, the, that's the thing. I want more booby traps, I want more, like, type of things he, 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 he said that other movies yeah well that's that's kind of one of the things i was thinking about with this but by seeing how well they've done with this it makes me excited for the future of what they're going to do when they bring out the new indiana jones that they're working on that would be something yeah because i mean yeah. this this has got me i have uh, yeah, there's gonna be another one yeah is it gonna be with the harrison movie? ford yes yeah, really? harrison ford yes. Yeah. that's cool yeah well, they can't have Indiana Jones without him. <laughs> yeah, they could. They could easily have Chris Pratt take over and just play a younger Indiana Jones because he he looks like Indiana. He does look like he'd be a actually son. Chris Pratt can play anything. So yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. I, he I'm, could be Vin Diesel. Actually, Fast I'm hoping he'll. I'm hoping he'll be like take place to be a son as an adult and can take take on the intent. But we've already seen that's that's the segue out is a little bit. We've already seen we've already seen Indiana Jones' son, and that's Shia LaBeouf. But he's in the buff that time though. In, yeah, but yeah. Shia, God. you can't you can't Too have bad Shia went crazy. <laughs> Or whatever happened to Shiloh. <laughs> you don't see him in many movies anymore. Do you? He does a lot of. He, he does a lot. Nutty. Yeah, he does a lot of uh, more artsy stuff. He, he, uh, he he did he did a he did a thing, Chris, where he sat in a movie theater and watched every single one of his movies and stayed in the movie theater the whole time, unless he had to use the bathroom. Even sleeping in the aisleway, he watched every single one of his movies that he's ever done while different people came in and watched them with him. Also, he did an artistic thing where he sat inside of a, a art an art gallery and put a paper bag over his head and had people come up to him and sit by him and just start yelling at him to a point where one writer actually went up and took the paper bag off his head just to make sure it was actually him. And it was him. I mean, he's done some weird stuff lately. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, this is all in the last, like, what, four or five years? Four years, yeah, four years. Yeah, four or five years. But he's wow. also in coming up in a new movie. I just heard about it, but it's going to be a good role for him. Anyway, he's, side, he's, yeah. segue so is there, that, but Shia LaBeouf is, is gone. Is that why they took him out of the... Uh... Transformers? Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're he, he, he chose He chose yeah. to be out of Transformers. See, Jacob should know more about that because he's a Transformers fan. Yeah. And I don't think I've seen the last three movies because... Ugh. Uh, see, uh, uh, they're, uh, they're actually getting better again. And then uh, the, the next... They're rebooting the, it. The next, no, they're not rebooting. It's all it's all part of... The, it's all starting over. This last movie that was out, again, we're kind of going over the place, but it's a podcast and that's what we do. Transformers is actually... The last movie that came out was the beginning of the reboot for the, the, the Transformers universe and their next Transformers. Transformers film is Transformers Bumblebee, where he will actually be the Beetle. It'll mm-hmm. take place before he met. It'll well, take place in the eighties. They kind of a teaser about that in the movie. Yeah, so doing like a Street Fighter Chung Lee thing. Kind, 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 like kind of, but it's one. yeah, it's Bumblebee. It's okay. not not as big a budget because it's one. It's mainly one Transformer uh, telling but his that story. That actually interests me more than keeping that storyline going people, on. People have said that are closer to the film have said that it's kind of got a, a chappy feel to it, okay. which is a, which is a good thing to me. 
Yeah, I like Chuck. Back on to, <laughs> to get, getting back on to what we're talking about, Ready Player One. So I have not read the book. Jeff, he has read the book multiple times. I was talking with him, and there's there's definitely some key scenes that they changed. And he was not, he says that he, he enjoyed the changes, except for one major change up that I don't, I don't want to give away. There was one change up that from between the book and the movie that he says that he felt that he understands why they did it, but had they kept it the same way, that it would have... It would have made the movie probably hit you a little more in the feels than what it did. Man, just going down some of the stuff in here. If you are of the age where you ever had a mad ball, I want the mad ball that they had in this movie. Mad balls were a great thing as a kid. And as soon as I seen it in the movie, I kind of looked at my son and I knew he didn't know what it was. I was like, I I had to wait till (laughs) the movie to ask you guys because I was like, what is that called again? But I I had him as a kid. I remember. Yeah. So, yeah. So. My brother was sitting right next to me, Jeff's sitting on my other side, and Jeff's grabbing me, and we're all, three of us are sucking air at the same time when we see stuff. That's just the thing. You're going to go, yeah, you're going to go, there's ExoSquad. Like, I haven't seen anything about ExoSquad in years, and there's ExoSquad in this. I mean... You have to really look for it, though. Yeah, you have to look for it. You have to know what you're looking for. you got to look for a lot of stuff. Yeah. I want to see again just to see stuff I missed. There's so much. 100%, yeah, I agree. Like, if I had to give this movie... Like, I I, I was getting teary-eyed when I'm watching this stuff, because there's stuff there that they mentioned. They're talking about games and stuff. Gaming's a big thing in my family. It's something that my dad introduced me to at a young age. My... I got to play games like... I got to play games like Battle and... uh, I think, yeah, Battle was was the one with all the you could do the plane fighting the tanks and then there was something i think they're just called tank but there's also i remember watching you play dungeons and dragons and then i would play it and you, you had the purple like dragon that would stand upright that would come find you and the spiders right yeah yeah, no, no, yeah you go through the cave the caves find stuff and i mean this was i loved watching him play like, i didn't have twitch i had my dad i watched him play that stuff <laughs> and i mean it was entertaining was to twitch. me like i you know i watched him play it then i tr- i tried to play it it was one of the games i Never really, at the age I was, never really got my head wrapped around. But there's one that I did get my head wrapped around, which was Tron. Uh, Deadly Discs and stuff. I, got, I learned how to do... We had, like, three different Tron games. I got really good at all three of them. And they were the first games I ever beat. But I remember I remember all this stuff. And I remember then seeing this stuff transported into a movie and being able to watch it. Big Tron reference, too. Huge and the, and Tron the reference. Uh, the, the cycle bike. Light cycle, yeah. Yeah, light cycle, but I don't think I saw anything else besides the light cycle and the first. No, what, in the, the book, but in the book, forty minutes in it. In the book, there's a lot of Tron well, references. Tron references. Yeah. Okay. I'm about two chapters into Ready Player One, and what I noticed the way Wade talks in the book is much different because of when the time the book was actually written. Mm-hmm. Um, when he said in the movie, "There's a war for bandwidth," that was not mentioned in the book because I don't think bandwidth was, you know, the term to yeah. say. It, yeah, it was something else. It, it was basically power for the, you know, to take over the Oasis. When, as soon as I heard bandwidth, a, a fight over bandwidth in the movie, I knew that was a new reference that probably Jeff would, would say that was not in the book. See, when I hear fight over bandwidth, the first thing I think about is I think about my friends that are down in Australia that play because they always are talking about how when they're trying to get on the, the internet, the internet's hard for them down there because, I mean, they, they all struggle with bandwidth issues. Oh, okay. I struggle with Comcast. Same here. Thank you, Comcast. (laughs) One of the nice things, though, that we don't have to struggle about with is state of Washington actually uh, passed their own law and that they they are keeping net neutrality up there. Thanks, Oregon. Which also means that Washington will be able to start working towards 
getting out of their con their city contracts they have, and they'll be able to offer a government-based internet. So there is government-based internet all their places, and I don't see why we can't just do one in Oregon, like you're talking about for Washington. I would love Oregon just to step up, or just the Portland metro yeah. area, step up and just build its own internet infrastructure instead of having to deal with, you know, outside companies like Comcast. Because in Oregon, Comcast is the only one you can get. Even the next one is CenturyLink, which a couple of my friends do have, which is one gig up, one gig down. But that's based off of what Google Fiber was building here. And then they left um, because of politics. But CenturyLink doesn't offer in my area. It's like 250. Yeah, see, yeah, in our area, CenturyLink is, is slower than dial-up. And, yeah, it's like 50 yeah, yeah, and that will just, just won't work, and that's something. So when they talk about these references of that, I can I can remember this stuff. The other thing is when they're talking about people losing their 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 time in this this world. Hey, sketch, what's going on, man? So right now, guys, we are live, and I just happened to look over, and we have we have Sketcher in right now, and he's talking about that Ready Ready Player One was a fantastic book and a fantastic movie. Yes, yes, we. I feel completely the same. I'm going to, I'm actually not going to read the book. I'm going to get the audio book, which is voiced by, or vo read by Will Wheaton. And, oh, cool. and so, right. so I want to, I'm going to go ahead and get that and listen to, to his take on it. You've already seen the movie two times. That is crazy. What? So see, the movie's just been out and we have one of our clan members here that has actually seen the movie two times already. That's telling you something, guys. Go out there and see this movie. If you had to give this movie like a rating... What is something that you guys would, what's something that you like, Jake, what would you rate it? I would definitely rate it a solid 10 for me because there's a lot of stuff in there that really hit home for me. And I was like into it, especially when it gets to the more intense parts of it. I was like, I just, I, I was literally, I was completely into it. Yeah. I don't think I, my face hurts from smiling. <laughs> um, I'm not, I won't go with a solid 10 on it because there are a few things I would have liked to have seen them done a little differently, but for me, it's at least a 9 out of 10. Nick, what about you? Yeah, I'm a little bit tougher on it. I, and I'm a 7 out of 10 on it for the first thing. Maybe I'll go up to an 8. I don't see it going any higher for me. There is some. I actually would have liked to see more story evolve, evolved around how you found the keys. The first one is drawn out more. Mm -hmm. And then the second key kind of just pops in. And the second key is actually the the funnest key to watch with some of the, I don't want to ruin it, it's kind of hard, but some of the uh, some of the references to 80s movies, 80s horror movies, and actually 80s horror movies bore, uh, played in Oregon. Um, <laughs> the thing about that, though, is that's actually the scene that is completely different in the book. In the book, it's it's something completely different. Oh, is it? Okay. But, this is, but this is where, this is a, one of those situations where uh, when you're talking to someone who read the book, Jeff actually stated that the way that they did this, the direction they chose, was a better for viewing audience than the other route. The route in the book was good for someone reading it. Okay. See, the first, the first thing I thought about when the movie was over is that they can't make a three-hour-long movie. Even, you know, Infinity War, I think it's 226. Yeah. Two hours and 26 minutes. So you can't make a three-hour-long movie, so you can't prolong each key to try to figure it out. But the third key kind of gets rushed for me a little bit, and you don't really figure out what... They talk about it for a second, and then they get interrupted, and you don't really get the mystery or the puzzle behind it that's actually discovered the Easter egg of that key, because each one of them are a separate Easter egg themselves. So I didn't like that part of it, but nostalgia reasons... Battletoads. As soon as I saw Battletoads, I was like, dude, Battletoads. Yeah, you see Battletoads like multiple times. <laughs> Just too. because we talked about it in Rare and SOT yeah. lately. 
And, and was, Joust, you saw the ostriches in I, it. I saw Joust, yeah. And then uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles are, you know, right to my heart. I love them. So uh, seeing those things, which Spawn, Spawn oh yes, my god, yes, like, Spawn. that was, and it was, it wasn't, and this is the thing, guys. Spawn wasn't Spawn from the movie Spawn. It was Todd McFarlane's original yes, yes, version yes, of yes, Spawn. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the opening scene where you see Batman and he's like, you can climb Mount Everest with Batman. Batman. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I, I want to do that. I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Batman. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And actually, Batman is kind of a callback to the old, you know, 70s show because Batman was hanging sideways on the mountain and he was stringing along the climbers behind him. Like he was just pulling them up themselves. Uh, beautiful. I loved it. But yeah, great movie, man. And and I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it's getting 81% on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes is about a 7 out of 9. Metacritic? Metacritic is 64, I believe. But we talked about 12 million yesterday, 50 for the weekend. I mean, that says enough, man. Dad, what was your what was your take on it? Like, well, what... for me, it's pure, I don't know comics like you guys do, but as far as entertainment, it's a 10. Yeah. I think that they say drew me into us in the previews. When a moment on the preview, I saw the Iron Giant by a second. I was like, I got to see it just because I love the Iron Giant movie. When Iron I... Giant kicks you right Right in the right in the gonads, it makes you cry though, and so yeah. then and it's and then seeing it in this, I mean, it, it kind of was a redemption for absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, weren't you surprised about how the Iron Giant was actually introduced into the movie? Oh, well, I thought it was just going to be another character. That's why. Yeah, it same was here. Not, but it was a much bigger role than you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I mean, that was like only. I almost wanted to cry. So I was like, oh, I love the Iron Giant, and that was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is, and the other thing that's great about this is there's not really anything in this film. You can take it, it's PG-13. You can take your family to see this movie, and there's something for everybody. Yeah. Like it's not something. Yeah, if you are a child of the '80s, you're gonna have a lot of stuff that you're gonna be re- being referenced. Again, there's so many things from like modern things that were going on. Dance emotes from that are been made big from games like Fortnite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just a lot of stuff from the 90s, early 2000s, like you talked about Halo. And then, you know, when did Overwatch come out? 2014. Yeah. And you see Halo, uh, the Overwatch character, probably two, three times you see it in there. Yeah. And, and opening scene, too. Did you notice the Gears of War character in there? No. Yes. I didn't catch that yeah, one. opening race scene. Yeah. Yeah, if you open race scene, yeah, it's uh, you got Coltrane, and he's actually hitting up Laura Croft. Yeah. Oh, you know, I might have did catch that. Yeah, yeah Coltrane. Yeah. It looks like he was hitting on her before the race. And it's just not that, but the <laughs> but I mean, they also the inventory they go through. You have to be quick on when they're squandering. You see the, you see the silhouettes of yeah. certain weapons. Like, I know that gun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh, I mean, the like, the, the gun reference. You got, yeah. you know, the spanker rocket launcher. I mean, You heard the targeting, too. When they're, and I was like... <gasps> they, use, they use the sound effects from the stuff. It's... It's hard to go in here and not be all over the place, but it's just mainly one of the things we want to do is we want to get out of here and be able to talk about the excitement factor of this. And you can't get better than right after you saw something like this. And this was something that I drove down from Washington to be able to come down here. And I, I am so glad that we got to experience the way we did, the, you know, getting the, the special seats, seating and everything. I mean, we're already discussing about doing Avengers this way. Now, Avengers, of course, when we see Avengers... It's because it's so, we we will have we will come up with like kind of like a worksheet ahead of time and we'll be taking notes so that we can we can do a reaction after that and that will actually have a more of a format. Talking about Ready Player One though, how many different references that movie throws at you very quickly because the movie 
the movie almost moves quickly like Thor Ragnarok. It kind of yes, hits you at the yes. beginning with the fun. And then there's the second act where it kind of gives you the little mystery behind the keys. And then it kind of picks it back up and it just hits you again with a bunch of action again. So this it's really hard to like stop and like look at everything. That's why we say sketch. He said he's already yeah. seen it twice. You got to see it two, three, four times to actually get all the references in there. Yeah. You know, 80s horror references, Chucky, Freddy, Jason. <laughs> I mean, did you see Hellraiser at all? Because I was looking for that. Because I, was I know he's in it. I, ah, I just see, can't I remember. I think he's in one of the dance in the dance scene or in the bar scene. I know. I, I know that Pinhead's in there. Back it. Because there is a club scene that is in the trailer. It's not. It's not ruining anything. And how many characters are in that club scene? Yeah. It's hard to watch everything and pay attention to what they're actually the storyline. Uh, one of the things I saw instantly, and this taught reminded me of another film that I was introduced to by my dad, which was the voyage, the the seven voyages of Sinbad. It's the Sinbad film where he fights the skeletons. The I saw the skeleton. Well, they had so they had the skeletons from Sinbad, and they were moving. They were moving just like they did in the stop motion animation. But then the other thing that was big was that they had the Cyclops. They had multiple versions of the Cyclops, which there was multiple versions of the Cyclops in the Seven Voyages of Sinbad. And that was all stop motion animation. And these avatars moved just like they did in that. I mean, it's... Mortal Kombat references. Mortal Kombat galore. That was... There was a scene with... uh, Goro. Goro. That was awesome. God, I'm so happy (laughs) they added Goro. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All the characters to add, it was perfect to add. Or if you look at clothing too, there's certain like... um, The patches, there's all, there's just tons and tons of references. There was a, a time to say epic. This was an epic time. It's an epic film and it's gonna be definitely in my top five for 2018, I'm sure. Well, really? I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> Okay, well, I'm saying right now, I think it's in my top five. Like, this rates right up there with me with Thor Ragnarok. We'll see how, how Avengers Infinity Wars comes. Let's check, uh, let's see where we're at with runtime in here. It's getting quite hot in here when you got four grown men. Four people in here. And, and a tiny. Chris kept this coat on. <laughs> I, I've been thinking, man. Uh, take it off, Chris. You here. can take it off, man. Hey, you're not going to ruin anything. Strip, 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 strip. So. We're getting around, getting right around to that hour mark. So we're going to sign out, and we're going to let you know where you can reach us. You can find us on Twitter at Geekologist Radio minus the T for character restrictions. We're going to start trying to get that Twitter account used more. They're going to see start seeing the podcast live. Will be also streamed to Facebook, to Periscope, to pretty much anywhere that you're uh, to YouTube Live. We're getting where I'm working on the software that allows us to stream it all over the place. We'll obviously be starting it from Twitch, and what we'll do is when that happens, we will be dividing up who's watching what screen. So we'll field questions from obviously all sources and try to talk to everybody and then pass them back and forth through our discord chat so we can get stuff going on with that uh facebook you definitely find us on there facebook will become a big big thing for us with facebook live streaming and so you'll see that also on our facebook page girl birders you don't have you don't have any like social media that we can they can find you on do you uh, no Okay. He's a, he's a little old school. This guy, though, this guy, if you're a hunter, uh, you can find, he's like his own personal duck dynasty uh, <laughs> with minus the beard. He makes bugles, creates uh, custom bugles for Bull in the Woods. That is Bull of the Woods. That's the name. So Bull of the Woods. And uh, you can look around, try to find that, find, find, get in contact with him on there. Or if you're looking for to get yourself a, a custom bugle, 
You can contact contact me on Twitter, and I'm on Twitter at Mr. Damian Nash, all one word. You can contact me for anything on, you know, tell me that my beard is not long enough right now because I trimmed it. And then Nick, you're uh, Nick and PDX on Twitter. Been a long day, folks. Had an awesome time. So with that, guys, we're going to uh, shut it down. We'll see you guys all in the Oasis. Make sure you check out our Facebook page at Geekologist Radio. And check us out on Twitter, Geekologist Radio, minus a T for character restrictions. Email geekologistradio at ninjapancake.com. Also, geekologistradio at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at geekologistradio.com and www.ninjapancake.com.